There's a cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a cold of silence and it can't go on. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 31st of July 2013. For newcomers, always help yourself to the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com. You've got lots of audios for free download and I'll take you through the big system you're born into, how it was set up and those who basically run, they own the world pretty well. And they certainly own the minds of the general populations across the planet. But I go into the history of the big foundations that set themselves up as the fronts really for the big uh, international bankers of their day. Uh, and they sound very, very official foundations, as though they're part of the government, but they're not. They're all private corporations, really, non-profit corporations, supposedly, even though they, they dish out trillions of dollars every year to their armies of non-governmental organizations and even to other foundations. So yet many foundations have set up just to funnel money to other foundations and so on. And these lobbyists simply lobby government to get the big changes through. The government doesn't object because they're in on the big con because, you see, the group that set it all up in the first place was a royal issue for international affairs and Council on Foreign Relations, the American branch, and they have branches across the whole planet now. So they set it up a long time ago, a hundred years ago, deciding that uh, anyone who uh, on a Darwinian scale was going to make it already had made it through uh, preferred marriage, meaning selected marriage by other outsiders, basically that would suit you up with someone else uh, of a, a same kind of family type of thing, just to get the offspring. And of course, it was also marriages marriage of convenience that they had. They always have had these people at the top. Uh, where they marry, marry wealth, incredible wealth and land and everything. Sometimes at one time when the kings and queens, they actually uh, would give gifts of countries as part of the dowry. And um, But nothing as much has changed. It's really up to the bankers now because they, they run the world. Those who, who came up with the idea of using money to control rather than just armies, because everything, even armies, have got to get paid, right? Uh, the guys who came up with the money idea run the whole world, and they're still running it today. But as I say, they decided they were the, the, the fittest on the planet to do so a long time ago. And uh, they adopted all of the Darwinian ideas or vice versa. Sometimes I wonder about that. And, uh, and decided that they already had proven that they had the right to, to control because they'd held on to their fortunes uh, for gen- many generations. Uh, most people, of course, in, in Western civilizations, are, are, you cannot guarantee what your child wants to be when they grow up and what kind of profession or job they want to go into. And even if they don't want to go into a profession, there's no, no big deal about it. So they tend, some of them even go off and squander it all uh, through drink or gambling or whatever. But these ones at the top had, had basically interbred so much uh, that uh, that you could pretty well guarantee that uh, if you were a banker and you and the banker married a, a bank, another banker's daughter, um, the offspring would be another banker. And, and that's how it's pretty well been. So they, they decided just to say that they had the right to rule the world and brought academia on board with them. They brought some... Um, 
because they give grants out to all universities across the planet and also help the curriculum, of course, naturally, what things to talk about and what to teach and what not to teach. And also, too, uh, they give grants out to many, many different scientific institutions as well. So they have bought over science and all, all of its political aspects as well. And that's why you have the greenings and global warming and so on going on, used as a battering ram to, to basically control all of society because it's affect the way that you live and behavioral changes and so on that must come with it. So help yourself to the audios, find out what's behind it, and how just how much we're controlled. It's just incredible, really. And it's so simple, too. It's so simple because a slave doesn't know he is a slave. It's very, very simple. And um, remember, too, you can help me take along here by getting the books and discs at the website CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com because I don't sell products and, and all that kind of stuff. I just give, I sell the books and discs. And I go through chronology, the art of chronology that's run the planet for thousands of years. And you have professionals, they are different sounding names than just chronology today, of course, naturally. Some are even called economists and things like that. But... Um, it's all chronology and it's still running the world today. And the whole point of it all is to train the public that these experts have the right to rule over you because we have to go into a stage where we're ruled by experts. And this is what you have today. That's why government, and the excuse of government, of course, to privatize everything is that experts are much, much better than government uh, running your, your natural gas systems or your water supplies and so on. And, of course, they're all in it together because even the prime ministers and presidents are picked by the Royal Institute for International Affairs. And they have been for a hundred years. And their own personal historian, Carl Quigley, talked about that too. So anyway, so you can buy the books and discs. Now from the US to Canada, you can still use personal checks to Canada or international postal money orders from to Canada. You can send cash or use PayPal across the world. You've got Western Union MoneyGram and PayPal. And straight donations are seriously welcome as you go through the devaluation of all currencies across the planet, by design naturally too. But as I've mentioned so many times before, we're trained from a very early age. Actually, you're trained when you're born by your parents to accept the system you're born into because they've been indoctrinated in their own lives too. And they pass the indoctrination on to the child. School takes over, of course, and they give you a very good indoctrination where you parrot things back to the teachers and you get little gold stars and things like that. And you come to consensus with the rest of the class nowadays too because they have all these group uh, meetings and so on with, the, with, the, with the, your classmates. And so you come to consensus, so you must all be right naturally when you come to consensus, especially when the teacher approves. And, and that, way, that you're trained to go along with the majority for the rest of your lives. Now, it's easier to control the majority of the public than it is a minority. Uh, every famous um, psychologist who, who works in behaviorism to, uh, for governments have said the same thing. Uh, so, so it's much easier to, to always aim their target uh, propaganda at the majority of the public who will swallow it without a clue they're being conned because they've been trained so well that their, their training has taken, it's called taken on them, just like a, a vaccination takes or it doesn't take on you. And once it's taken, uh, the person will say, well, why would the, the media lie to us? It's, so, it's as simple as that. And I've mentioned uh, Jack Lull many times. He was a philosopher, a very, very uh, good, in-depth philosopher in different areas of humanity. And he mentioned that too, that the initial indoctrination must be given at school. If it's, if it's missed, uh, then subsequent indoctrination as they grow up to be an adult won't take on them. They'll simply dismiss it. They'll see through it. Uh, 
So the initial indoctrination is awfully, awfully important to them. That's why all totalitarian regimes are more obvious in going for the young. In the Western countries, uh, there's the same process going on, but uh, they, they don't think they're totalitarian, so they think it's a good thing to send them off to school to be brainwashed and to trying all kinds of sexual things and different gender things and, and all that. They're already given their opinions when they're children. So they'll grow up uh, being for or against whatever the politicians or those that rule uh, want. It's, it's so simple. So simple. And we've had it before in different religions too, who've also used the same techniques as well. The Soviet system used children as well, very early age, and used Pavlovian techniques to instill their indoctrination into them. And it worked very, very well. It's not so well, in fact, that even when some of the Soviets were going into, uh, in World War II, were coming into Germany and other countries, uh, and people decided to fight them, uh, they, they literally, through all their propaganda, they didn't understand why the people would want to fight because the Soviets were told they were going there to liberate the people. The same con the American troops get as they're, they're sent off abroad today. And when the people said, we don't want to be liberated by you, uh, they were in a form of shock, which often turns to anger, then to start slaughtering people. So that's the way it tends to go. Uh, and psychology has always been a big, big player and control. Now, all government is about control. Always about control, nothing about control of the general population, because all, all economy comes from the general population, and governments especially need the populations to tax. Otherwise, they'd be dead broke. And a long, long time ago, it was much easier with a, a single king who generally came from a family that slaughtered other families, and then eventually uh, was said, well, I'll stand up for you and fight those guys over there. The same con goes on today, but we've got thousands more to feed today in government. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix and talking about the system we live under. And we're, so many generations have lived and died, as I've mentioned so many times before, never knowing that this, the system even existed above them. They really believed there was a democracy and they, they could vote and, and they had a choice and things and so on. And even to do with wars and world wars too, off they went. Many of them got killed, of course, uh, believing in the basic propaganda. They were given very simple propaganda. And, and other ones come back home again and, and go back into the workforce and turn up to all their, their, um, soldiers meetings and so on, ex-soldiers meetings, uh, still never knowing uh, the reasons for things really happening and not wanting to know because your indoctrination will stop you from inquiring any deeper than the basic propaganda they've been given. So they die and they go to their deaths never knowing that their whole life was basically planned for them uh, under under the term mass, part of the masses, you see. Uh, and most folk are the same. That's why they're so similar to each other. And these techniques, of course, involve behaviorists, as I've said before. That's why there is, they make a big, big deal of the famous behaviorist scientists that have done through the last century, especially, and also up to the present, and into neuroscience today, of course, where they want to not just map the brain, but be able to control it remotely. And they've got lots of articles out there in science magazines and from the different teams that are actually trying all this stuff right now. So uh, the whole thing is to control, 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 because without control, uh, 
government and the big businesses, which they are actually. If you don't realize that, government is a business. It's a private corporation. They're, they're all registered as corporations, you know. And then all the money comes from the general populations. And when you even think about it today, um, and I noticed this more so when even Gulf War one came along. Before that, it was all the propaganda from all uh, the countries of the world and presidential speeches and, and prime minister's speeches was all to do with global society, global, global, the global village and so on. And then Gulf War One came along and we're back to being national again because they needed the troops to go in and fight the wars, you see. And once it's all over, of course, we'll be back to being global again. Because today citizenship means simply, and even when you emigrate to one country to another uh, and do their paperwork before they uh, accept you or your present country lets you go, all, there, all it is is a battle, a tug of war, a legality between who now owns you, you see, this group or that group, and they have the right to tax you, etc. That's what it is, if you didn't know that. That's all it is. So we're living through a big uh, mirage in a sense. Uh, almost something real, but not quite the same as you think in your head of what it actually is. So control is the name of the game, and we're run by private institutions, as I say, the ones that call themselves the parallel government uh, that really has the power to do things. In fact, so much so that people like Brzezinski and others and, and Kissinger have talked about technocracy and the technocrats. Uh, where they have the power to get things done behind the scenes without being uh, liable to, to, to displeasure from the public because they're not voted in once they're scouting around the world there and, and doing their deals and getting things really done. Margaret Thatcher said the same thing. When she joined it, she came out on the BBC at the time and said she now belonged to the parallel government. She says, once we retire from politics, she says, it's not finished Anything but, she said, because, you see, we know uh, uh, all the other politicians of our, of our era and the younger ones coming into it, too. And so they're already on first name basis. They can get to see them. They can make their deals with them and so on. And they work for the Royal Institute for International Affairs and, and the U.S.'s Council on Foreign Relations. Uh, the whole of European Union, all the politicians in there belong to the, uh, the European Council on Foreign Relations. And the head guy of that is George Soros. And believe you me, they when they swear onto this thing, uh, it's just like high Freemasonry. They, they really, really will do what they're told. So when an order is given from superior, they'll go along with it. No matter how crazy it sounds, they will obey. And that's what we see today. Now, getting back to Britain Inc., you know, that's a subsidiary of the Big Bank Inc. that owns the world. It's said here, that Cameron, uh, the CEO of Britain, Cameron looks to China to supply Europe's first internet censorship wall in Britain. And it's quite a good article by, by Wired magazine, but it says that, so David Cameron's government finally laid its cards on the table, getting the press and public to comply with the draconian Levison Star Chamber's clampdown. That was Lord Levison who drafted up all the new laws to do with reporting news and so on. That's why the news you're getting now is, is rubbish. Because every reporter is scared that Levison is going to have him, uh, lose his, his license off him. And the same thing happened in all the, the Commonwealth countries of Britain. Australia had their own version of it by another lord over there, you see. And it says, anyway, the Star Chamber, of course, is where five of them sit there as closed doors to the public, and they try you on whatever crime they claim, they claim you've committed. There's an old term from the King James era, Star Chamber. 
Anyway, it says clampdown on freedom of expression and information was a hard sell under the Levison Star Chamber. It says, so Levison's secret closed-door agreement to require UK bloggers to sign up to a royal charter. That's, in other words, give you permission for them to fine you or, 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 or put you in jail. <laughs> That's what it is, because everything's by, you know, by your acceptance or so on. So, so they're requesting you to, requiring you to sign up to a royal charter in order to post on independent websites revealed, uh, if they revealed Levison's long game. It says the public would never buy it, the, lo- the long game of Levison. So here's the plan B. It says the latest outcry over pornographic images on the internet has provided the pretext for the state to step in and set up their infrastructure for regulating the UK's internet Chinese style. Now I should add here too that last week I read that an article came out from Britain too where Cameron had uh, got in touch with all the big porno companies. I guess he's, he's well known to them. But anyway, he got in touch with them uh, and he sent out letters to them saying uh, that it's not going to really clamp down on them. Uh, could they just change uh, the particular name they're using for their site and then they won't be listed as a porno site? And I read the article here. So anyway, they've gone along with it, obviously. And it says here, so it's used as a pretext. And, and Chinese style too, it says, the UK's internet Chinese style. Now, a few years back, I think it was Yahoo, and maybe Google, had got together with, with the Chinese government uh, to set up a system to give the Chinese for their searches on, on their web uh, browsers, their, their searches on engines and so on, to, to help the Chinese block out what they didn't want there. So, so already, they already, see, Britain really gave it to them, and so did the US. Anyway, it says, once the system's in place, you can expect the government will not be able to resist extending their filtering from porn to blocking dissenting an alternative analysis that exposes the government for being either incompetent, criminal, or corrupt. Government firewalls designed to block child porn or pedophilia could also block thousands of damning articles on the same subject which implicates members of the government and the establishment for participating in child sex abuse, for example. And the pornography filtering system praised by David Cameron will be run by the Chinese firm uh, Huawei, it's called, which is probably uh, about the company that got the deal from the Google and Yahoo on behalf of the Chinese government. It says they should know a thing or two about how to keep citizens from accessing information the government doesn't want people to see. Huawei's penetration to the UK telecommunications industry and networks is already significant. The UK's government's own reports on the subject raise more concerns and questions than answers. And it gives you a June 2013 report entitled Foreign Involvement in the Critical National Infrastructure and the Implications for National Security. And, this, and the link is there. And the UK's latest fabricated and highly reactive crisis is set to give up way too much power to the Chinese company. Remember, it's, it's the government really that owns these companies and China's communists, supposedly. What a farce we live in, isn't it? The richest communists have ever been created. Well, almost. I mean, Moscow did pretty well. But anyway, it says Australians rejected Huey's uh, involvement to provide infrastructure for the national broadband network because nobody could prove the Chinese did not have a route back door access to all the fibre connected via their hardware. As a result of the Snowden leaks, we now know more about the full scope of the UK government's uh, GCHQ spying and the data harvesting operations. What does it mean if Chinese are also doing it inside the UK by stealth? Don't worry, folks. China is part of this world system run by the same bankers back after this. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. 
because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. We're back cutting through the matrix. Now, I've always said, and I've said many times before, too, uh, that if you look back in the past, uh, the, the criminal enterprise really is not really criminal because they own the law system, too, so they make themselves legal. But the enterprises of the big bankers, of course, that run the world uh, would never, ever give away all your factories and all your ability to make uh, weaponry, for instance, to defend yourselves to, to another country that was going to be an enemy down the road. Believe you me. And so when they set up China and, and basically threw all the factories over there, by plan 20, 30, 40 years beforehand, by the way, uh, and used your tax money to, to ship them abroad, uh, they, they, knew, they had no fear of China whatsoever. No fear whatsoever. So don't even worry about China. It's all part of this. It's all owned by the same boys that set up all the other, uh, you know, empires down, uh, down in history. So, but this article actually goes on to talk about the, the technology again and uh, the censoring Britain with and so on will be a Chinese company and all the rest of it. And that really is good because uh, it's good for, for, for the government because um, they'll say, well, we can't do anything about it. China's handling uh, the content now. And so you can't complain to them, you see. It's, it's, it's just how they're getting around it. This is the cons that they use to control the public. It's so typical. It's the same when they privatize your water system, your gas systems, and all the other systems that, that your own, you know, grandparents uh, helped to fund to set up. And they privatize them, and then, it, it, then it, it, they, they jack all the rates up. And then when you complain about certain things or you can't get something fixed, uh, uh, you can't complain to government anymore. The government will tell you that. Well, it's not, we, we don't handle that now. It's, uh, it's private. Same thing. So when you get censored off the inter- internet in the country, there's no point uh, say, telling the country that, uh, that they're doing it and who is doing it from China. Uh, they say, well, it's a private company, you know, we've got nothing to do with that. So simple, isn't it? These tricks that they play. And I'll also put up to an article from the, the BBC put up. It says, the pornography filtering system praised by David Cameron is controlled by the controversial Chinese company Huawei, the BBC's learned. UK-based employees of the firm are able to decide which sites TalkTalk net filtering service blocks. Politicians in both UK and the US have raised concerns about alleged close ties between Huawei and the Chinese government. And uh, this is on Monday, the Prime Minister says TalkTalk had shown great leadership in setting up the system, HomeSafe, which has offered to customers since 2011. And so... Again, the whole thing is to eventually censor all independent bloggers and writers and everything else. Or, uh, and the, the, even the NGOs that are not under the umbrella of the United Nations. You can always tell who's who by the ones that are accepted and registered to the United Nations, you see, all belonging to the big foundations. So I'll put this up tonight. Also, on to this one, too, about the NSA, of course, that I think only a fool would, would, would never think they've been doing this all along or never suspected it. But it says X-Keyscore, it's called X-Keyscore. NSA tool collects nearly everything a user does on the internet. And it says that one presentation claims the X-Keyscore program covers nearly everything our typical user does. A top-secret national security agency program allows analysts to search with no prior authorization through vast databases containing emails, online chats, and the browsing histories of millions of individuals, according to documents provided by whistleblower Ed Snowden. The NSA bo- boasts in training material that the program called X-Keyscore Stroke 
uh, our score uh, is its widest reaching um, system for developing intelligence from the internet. So, who ever thought that we had rules? I mean, I mean, you should go back to I don't know what it is. You go back to sucking your thumb or something. But I mean, this is how it's always been, folks. And even before the internet, too, uh, countries had every country has people living amongst you that are literally snitches. It wasn't just the Soviets who were doing it. And a lot of, lots of retired uh, bureaucrats are given extra cash to take early retirement and settle amongst the, you lot, the people, and live next door and so on. And they report weekly and, or monthly on everyone in the streets. Again, Jack C. Law went through this whole thing a long time ago. Since, since the 50s have been doing this openly, because at least then it was written about. And before that, they had paid spies full time in every major city in the world. That's how it's always been. This is to hear the chat and get the gossip, who's doing what and so on. Very, very simple. Also, in New Zealand, they had a big, big march against uh, the same thing we've all got. It says thousands of protesters took to the streets in 11 cities across the country to voice their concerns at plans to widen the powers of government spy agencies. More than 2,000 attended a rally in Auckland where Kim.com told the crowd of GCSB invaded his privacy simply because Hollywood moguls disliked his business. If they can do that to me, they can do that to any of you, he says. And so he was invaded by, uh, because um, Hollywood moguls complained about what he was putting up. Labour leader David Shear urged that the Kiwis to, jo- to copy John Key in on their emails and pledged to dump the bill if Labour won the election. Uh, well, I wouldn't go with any of them because they're all liars. Singers returned the crowd with a song about democracy that included the line about now a, a, a done deal could destroy it overnight, and so on. Anyway, they had a big, big uh, article about it. I'll put up today with lots of photographs and all that kind of stuff for those who like to look at the pictures. But everyone's gone through the same thing. Uh, nobody wants what's happening today, but you're getting it whether you like it or not. It was the same thing with all the CCTV TV cameras getting put up in all the major places and cities and so on across the world. We've all gone through the same things. You see, it's a standardization process worldwide. You're already under world government. And you have been for a long time. And this plan was a very old, old plan, doing everything that's done today, very old, drawn up before you even heard of a personal computer. Also, when they privatise the, the, the so-called um, public utilities, again, and you get you really skin for high profits uh, once the private boys take over. Uh, and some companies are taking over the, the whole water supply of the planet, folks, just like the food supply boys, same thing. But says pensioners are forced to ration water use as companies make £600 million profits in the last two years alone. And so it says water bills are becoming unaffordable for a large number of people because the companies have cashed in so much since privatisation. Uh, the House of Commons report has found that's their Congress in Britain. Uh, prices have soared by almost 50% in real terms and services were privatised by Margaret Thatcher 25 years ago, with two companies hiking charges by more than 60%. Etc., etc. Same old stuff across the world, isn't it? And they keep telling you, of course, it's better, it's more efficient when they privatize it all. Well, it's more efficient for the company. Because a private company, you see, uh, it's called public private partnerships where you pay for all their maintenance and upkeep and repairs, they just rake in the profit because they own it. That's a scam. It's a very simple scam. Very, very simple. Also, people in Britain should be watch out for the National Service Bill. 
for 2013-14. to 14. And we had its first reading, I think, in June. And its second reading is maybe in September or so. I'll put the article up tonight anyway. And as for, it tells you little bits about uh, the latest news in the National Service Bill, uh, 2013-14. It's expected to have its second reading debate on the 6th of September, 2013. Presenting to Parliament June 24th, 2030. This is known as the first reading and there's no debate on the bill at this stage. The bill is a private member's bill. Uh, these are often not printed until close to the second reading debate. If the text is not yet available here and you wish to know more about this bill, please contact its sponsor. That's Mr. Philip Holobone. Holobone, that's a funny name. I guess he's no moral. But anyway, that's just how it goes, folks. The things that are going on all over the planet. Same old things. And also, of course, an article that wasn't... Some of the articles that come out simply verify that which you already know. And sometimes you've got to watch it too, because the big boys themselves uh, are using all the pretexts to monitor all of us because of threats that can happen, even to their drones, if their drones are hacked into, or blah, 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 whatever's hacked into. Everything today can be hacked into. They They should know since they're always hacking. The government agencies are always hacking everything else. So, it says, hackers hijack software in a car and remotely control the steering, the brakes and horn using a laptop. And security engineers have managed to hack the software in a Toyota Prius. The U.S. Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency funded the hack. Well, no doubt they would. They fund everything else. And it says, using a laptop uh, wirelessly connected to the car's electronics, Charlie Miller and Chris Valasek were able to remotely control the brakes to accelerate, change the speedometer, switch the headlights on and off, tighten the seatbelts, and even blast the horn. The project was funded by a grant from the U.S. Defense Advanced Research Project Agency uh, to highlight the security risks affecting modern-day cars. Well, why do you think they built these security risks into them in the first place? Did you really need uh, an accelerator pedal? That literally sent a signal instead of having a wire going, you know, a wire, a physical hard wire, uh, just like a bicycle brakes basically work on. Uh, did you need that? Of course you didn't. It's all to do with control. It's also, also for the, all the cop cars that are coming down the, the pike so that they can switch you off anytime they want. They can even do it by, from satellite if they want to. And I'll put this article up. And what it makes you do is basically is, is just feel more and more powerless. That's part of it too. And it helps the, the, the big NSA and all that. We'll have to keep an eye on hackers. We have to watch hackers. They're, they're the biggest hackers out there. That's their job. They hack. You see how it plays in their game too? As they put out these stories for us to worry over. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix, talking about the system. It's all pervasive, isn't it? It's everything really. And how we're brainwashed from birth basically to go along with it. And uh, and how it's so well understood, how behavior is so well understood. Now, some countries are ahead of others. They've always been using um, psychology on the general public from those above down to the ones at the bottom. But, of course, they're getting better at it. Now they're trying to get all the scattered components of agencies together into singular units, really, to, to all work together on ways to corner us better. And this one is called the Nudge Squad. The Feds are forming Behavioral Insights Team. 
and there's two articles actually on it saying the same thing, but it says here that um, Maya Shankar's mandate is to supervise the organization of a federal government nudge squad that will subtly change the behaviors of bureaucrats and the rest of us. Now, that was already in the, in the works and is up and running by Sunstein anyway. This is Maya Shankar is a senior policy advisor at the White House Office of Science and Technology Policy. Her mandate is to supervise organization of a federal government nudge squad that will subtly change the behavior of bureaucrats and the rest of us. And it says, Americans may find out in coming years as the federal government is setting up a behavioral insights team to tinker with the way we accomplish everything from saving money, staying in school, to losing weight and becoming more e- energy efficient. They stay off all the real big topics like changing your gender and all that. You're trying it, you're depressed, try that and buy new clothes, things like that. But I mean, you see, that's what it's all about. It's, it's completely altering the way we live on everything, including, again, going into the carbon uh, saving system too, and carbon taxes, etc., etc. Because Sunstein himself, and I read the article on the air uh, a while back, he said that we can even make people want to pay taxes make them feel guilt, you see oh, you're, you're polluting the atmosphere, you're killing off future generations, don't, don't you pay money to, to this, you know it could be Rothschild's bank or whatever to help it all stop anyway, it says, the document from Maya Shankar who's in her late 20s, Yale graduate former violin prodigy it's amazing, that they put, these characters are born for these positions, late 20s and here she is, a senior director at the, at the White House, sketches out the Obama administration's grand plans for behavioural science and the public should be up in arms about this Mind you, you've been brainwashed all your life through fiction. You see, that's how they've generally done it, is through the fiction you watch and the dramas on TV. Anyway, Shankar joined the Obama administration in April as a senior policy advisor at the White House Office of Science and Technology Policy. And uh, uh, she first approached a professor when she was at university about this particular work, and Fox News noticed it, uh, it was brought to her attention. Uh, to, 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 to a, a write up on her. In 2006, Shankar was named one of the Glamour magazine's top 10 college women, blah, 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 blah. Her mandate is to re- reproduce a British pilot project, which is already in Britain working. I've read that on the air from the, the, pro, the from the articles up. In the US, so they're, take, they're, they're going to use the same British one, launched in 2010, identifies and tests interventions that can save the government money and drives ordinary Britons to embrace behaviours that they probably shouldn't. Uh, I added that last part because here they say that the government finds desirable and cost effective. And it says in the UK, a series of bulletins from the office of the Prime Minister's Cabinet sketch out how broad the approaches have come. Uh, they've already tackled wasting food, cheating on exams, job-seeking schedules, skimping on charitable giving, drinking milk, morning commutes, choosing sources of energy and sticking to the New Year's resolution and, and pushing Mr. Cameron's revolution across the world that I mentioned yesterday for those that remember. Now the concept is poised to enter America with a formal structure consisting of a team to oversee clinical experiments to see what works and what doesn't. Shankar's memo suggests the project is already up and running. Well, of course it is, as Sunstein said up a while back. It says we're already working with over a dozen federal departments and agencies. See, they've already had these departments working independently. Now they're just simply bringing them all together uh, on board on the same agenda uh, and they can share all their information together. So, and agencies are, and are newly designed behavioral insights projects. The document reads, including the Department of Labor, Department of Health and Human Services, that's to go and get your inoculations because it's good for you, Department of Education, Veterans Administration, Department of Treasury, Social Security Administration, Department of Housing, Urban Development, and the United States Department of Agriculture, the GMO, food is good for you too. 
Shanker did not respond to requests for comment. She finished her postdoctoral research at Stanford this year, where her faculty advisor was Dr. Samuel McClure. McClure studies delay discounting the habit of giving up large future rewards in favor of smaller bonuses in the short term. This has mostly been used to counter compulsive gambling and substance abuse, but Shankar's entry into government science circles may indicate that health insurance objectors and lapsed recyclers could soon fall into a similar category, you bet And the science community is split on the value of nudge paternalism in government, because that's what it's been called, nudge paternalism. Richard Taller, who co-authored the book uh, Nudge with former White House uh, regulator Czar Katsustin, told Fox News anyone uh, who would not want such a program must either be misinformed or misguided. If you don't want to be, have your, have your, your, your motivations altered, and your thoughts altered, and, and your opinions altered, then you must be misinformed or misguided. This is becoming more and more like the Soviet Union, where they'd lock you up in prison for criticizing any government policy. Because she had to be mad since it was the best government in the world, you see. That, that's literally how they did it. Anyway, so the goal is to, to improve the efficiency and effectiveness of government by using scientifically collected evidence to inform policy designs. What's the alternative, Taller asked. But Euro State University economist Michael Thomas said he was very sceptical of a team promoting nudge policies in Washington. This is ultimately nudging, assumes a small group of people in government know better about choices than the individuals making them. Well, this is what government's always been in the business of, isn't it? After three years, the British government announced in May that it would seek to find a commercial sponsor and privatise the entire project. Once again, they used a taxpayer to set all the systems up, hire all the people, and, and then they privatise it and privatised the entire project, making it the first policy unit to spin off from central government, according to Cabinet Minister Francis Maud. Initial reports of the agencies on course to save the government $483 million over five years may make it a viable takeover target for a private industry seeking to trim its own fat. Now, so you can imagine the power of a private corporation with the right to use all television and, and go into uh, and, and they'll get grants out to because I've always done it and to the BBC and so on for their for their dramas to insert things that to make you change your mind on different topics through drama and emotion. A private government, uh, an agency is going to get, get this power eventually. It's bad enough when your government's got it. But you might, a lot of these these private companies you know come under big umbrella groups. And holding companies. Oh, I tell you, well, well, see, we've never really had what we thought was democracy. Never will get it either, by the way. You're, you're further from it today than you ever were in, in, in the last 50, well, actually 70, 80 years. And it says, David Halpern, its government director, has claimed that billions will be saved. Well, they always tell you that is, is nonsense. And in the U.S., however, there's no indication that the White House nudge unit will be anything other than a government enterprise. Well, you'll see about that. They'll privatize it down the road, too. Look at all the, the private organizations working for the NSA. Says so that that may not bode well for the Obama administration, given the cautionary tale posed by New York City Mayor Bloomberg, whose long ridiculed ban on large-sized fizzy drinks has officially fallen flat. An appeals court Tuesday ruled Tuesday that the city's Board of Health didn't have the constitutional authority to limit how much soda can go into a restaurant's cup. The measure was originally hailed as a perfect example of nudge paternalism that would subtly change behaviours without preventing the truly thirsty from buying two cups. 
but the ruling will set a precedent that opens up such government interventions to legal nannying of its own from industries whose bottom lines are affected when bureaucracies try to tweak what ordinary people do and how they do it. So we're well into this, mind you, but that's why uh, they make a big, big deal of Skinner and even Pavlov too, of course, because Pavlov uh, also introduced the, the school system into the Soviet classroom, uh, the, new, the new Soviet school system, and apparently it was a success too in, in brainwashing the children, implanting reflexes basically into the minds of them when any top, particular topics were brought up. They'd literally worship the state worship the state and go off and die for the state, things like that. And this is the sort of thing that's been used for before. So here we are being treated like children. And I can, I can understand why, because people often behave like children today. Uh, most folk are immature today. They have grown up with TV, the TV generations. We, there's people in old folks' homes now who've been brought up in television and have nothing to pass on, no wisdom to pass on to the young all they can talk about is their soaps that they liked and so on, all what's on television. That's a sad, sad state, folks. It's easier to brainwash us all now than ever before. From Hamish from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God, your God, go with you. <laughs>